Today I have three team members from Morgan's Wonderland. Morgan's Wonderland offers 25 ultra accessible attractions sprawled across a 25 acre oasis of inclusion. From a wheelchair accessible Ferris wheel to a catch and release fishing, there's truly something for everyone to enjoy. It all started in 2005 when Gordon Hartman observed his daughter Morgan wanting to play with other vacationing kids at a hotel swimming pool. But the kids were leery of Morgan and didn't want to interact with her. Then and there, he resolved to create opportunities and places where those with and without disabilities could come together, not only for fun, but also for a better understanding of one another. That led to the construction of Morgan's Wonderland in San Antonio. The doors officially opened in 2010. Today, Morgan's Wonderland has expanded into Inspiration Island, a water park, straps, an adaptive and para-sports program, Morgan's Wonderland Camp, and many more services on the horizon. Their mission is to provide a safe, clean, and beautiful environment free of physical and economic barriers that all individuals, regardless of age, special need, or disability, can come and enjoy. Morgan's Wonderland has been honored to receive numerous awards, including Time Magazine's 2018 World's Greatest Places, USA Today's Reader's Choice Award for the Best New Water Attraction of 2017, TripAdvisor Certificate of Excellence for the seventh consecutive year, the World Water Park Association Leading Edge Award in 2017, Paralyzed Veterans of America 2018 Barrier-Free America Award. I welcome you to visit Morgan's Wonderland in San Antonio, Texas, and let us know how it is. Now for the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Freewheeling with Carden. I have the Morgan's Wonderland team on Zoom with me. Hello, everyone. How is everyone doing? Hi. Hi. I'm really excited that you guys are here and um, just wanted to shine a light on Morgan's Wonderland and all of the great work that you guys are doing with your theme park, your water park, your multi-assistance complex, and your sports programs for disabilities. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? We have a few people on the call. Awesome. Well, my name is Brooke Kearney and I'm the Chief Mission Officer here for Morgan's Wonderland. And uh, I'm in charge of all of our development and fundraising along with communications, marketing, PR, you know, just a small job. So not much. Just a small (laughs) job. (laughs) Well, great. Thanks, Brooke. And Jessica. Yeah. So my name is Jessica Lizardo and I'm the general manager here at Morgan Centerland. Similar to Brooke, you know, I kind of oversee mostly uh, just the day-to-day operations, the flow of everything. I actually have been here the longest of these two ladies. Been here for a little over nine years. We've been open for ten. Oh, wow. um, we've uh, we're supposed to be celebrating our tenth birthday this past, I mean, April tenth. Uh, you know, a couple months ago. Um, but we have big plans for twenty twenty one on continuing the celebration and keeping us going. But yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. I can say that whenever I first started. I felt like I knew nothing, right? And then over, you know, so many years of just seeing it and living it and hearing stories of all of the individuals that come from all over the world, you learn so much and you get to experience what they experience. So it's it's been a truly rewarding position um, and job for myself. And I can speak for these two ladies as well. <laughs> I'm sure it's been, I mean, they're yeah. still here. So it's been rewarding for them as well. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to hear. And do you, Jessica or, or Brooke, uh, we'll get to you in a second, Danny. Um, do you guys have any specific relation to disabilities or were you kind of just like 
job opening and you took it? I started my career doing case management and social work for children and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, and then found my way into nonprofit work and loved it so much more than for-profit work. And then decided to kind of just move up the ladder, did some executive leadership um, and ended up here at Morgan's Wonderland, which was a, a long-term goal for me. So it's been great. I found my passion in my community here in the disability arena. Um, and it's it's just sort of like a, an adopted and found community where I feel right and I feel accepted and I feel a part of something bigger. And so that's how I know I'm in the right place. Love that. That's important. I do have a, an older cousin, a second cousin who does have Down syndrome that I grew up with a little bit, but he's much older than I am. Um, but other than that, all of my other family members are the friends and family that come visit us here at the park. Nice. Cool. And Danny, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, so my name is Danielle Henning and I am the events and operations director here at the park. That really just encompasses all of our special events. Um, we host a lot of special events to help offset our operating costs each year because we are a nonprofit. Um, and then I also oversee our volunteer program. So we work with both individual and group volunteers, um, so like your corporate groups or your church groups. And then I also help oversee our seasonal staff. So when we're in regular operation, we have our seasonal hourly team that I help make for sure they're getting trained and they're running all the rides and stuff properly. Cool. Again, not not a big job. We don't do a lot around <laughs> here. <laughs> so yeah, and to comment on that, like we, we, I think we've mentioned we are a nonprofit, and usually when people follow with that, it's we all wear different hats and we all do different things. So right now, um, you know, Brooke oversees the hallways, and she's the hallway monitor. <laughs> Danny makes sure Danny makes sure the the trash is taken care of. So <laughs> you know, we're all doing odd jobs at the yeah. moment, but whenever we are in operation, we still do those odd jobs just to kind of keep us cohesive and make sure that things are done and getting done. So yeah, we all wear different hats in this organization. hundred percent. I think that's if anyone goes into any nonprofit, you kind of, sure, you assume the title of maybe general manager, but you're also chief trash officer and chief bathroom cleaner. <laughs> we do it with a smile. Of course. <laughs> because you know at the end of the day what you're doing to bring the world to a more accessible and inclusive place way outweighs you know, having to scrub yeah. a toilet every Actually, once in a while. It's the little things. It's the little things that count. <laughs> well, great. I kind of want to hear a little bit about the inspiration behind Morgan's Wonderland, how it was started. And uh, maybe Jessica, you could probably speak to that because you've had the most and the longest experience here. Yeah, um, I can speak to that. So the way the inspiration behind Morgan's Wonderland is, is of course, Morgan herself. We were founded by Gordon Hartman. Um, his favorite title that he has is Morgan's dad, right? Along with many other titles that he possesses. But his daughter, Morgan, he was inspired to build a place such as Morgan's Wonderland because they were at a hotel pool one day and Morgan wanted to play with typical kids and they wanted to play with her, but they just didn't know how to communicate with each other and, um, and play together in an inclusive environment, you know, such as the pool. So um, Gordon took that moment and he was like, why can't my daughter just play with everyone else? Why does she have to feel, you know, kind of on the sidelines or um, left out at times? Why can't she just feel, you know, what she just wants to have a fun, you know, why can't anyone just want to have fun along with her? So he did some research and he got all the right people under his belt and he started just really small. And I can say whenever we 
first built Morgan's Merlin, it was just going to be a playground and it was going to be run by volunteers. <laughs> so um, the more and more we had more people come behind us and um, the more involvement we got with the city and just interest really, um, it grew into really what it is today. So we have uh, 20, over 25 acres here at Morgan's Merlin. We have three and a half acres at Inspiration Island. And all together, it's uh, four rides at Morgan's Land, one riverboat ride at Inspiration Island, which is the water park that we were kind of mentioning um, earlier with the accessible wheelchairs, the pneumatic chairs that we offer, along with two others as well. So it's it's really just morphed into this enormous movement, right? With this movement sure. for inclusion. And our main focus is to see those individuals with different abilities play together with those individuals who don't have those different abilities or who are typical individuals. So that is what we see in, at, on an everyday basis. And we really sh- truly believe that if we can show them at a young age that it's okay and there's no difference, that whenever you grow up and you become an adult, someone say, hey, I always played with Billy. You know, we, we like to have fun. We, we play, we have fun in our own ways. So, you know, seeing that magic happen here at the park on an everyday basis is it's truly inspiring. And if you ever visit out here at Carden, which you would be able to, um, to. you'll see Morgan's <laughs> face everywhere. And she oh. is the inspiration. She is the, the reason that this park was built and, and continuing to grow and, you know, outsource into other things to where we will be serving the special needs community entirely in, in all different aspects. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. And so the current offerings that you guys have, so you have your water park, so Inspiration Island, you have your theme park, Morgan's Wonderland, and then you also spoke to a few other things. What are some of the other programs that you offer or services? Yeah. So Brooke, if you want to speak a little bit more on the other entities, we're building Morgan's Wonderland Sports, we're building Morgan's Wonderland Camp, and we'll be building the Multi-Assistance Center, which is called the MAC here very soon. And Brooke can provide more details on each one of those entities. Yeah. So in addition to our two parks that we have here, uh, our 25-acre park, the Morgan's Wonderland and our Inspiration Island, down the street here, we are uh, have completed Morgan's Wonderland Sports, which is a fully accessible, ultra-accessible, fully inclusive sports complex where we will... Um, it, all of the surfaces are hard surface. So people in or out of wheelchairs can play together, playing the same sports together. Um, we'll have sports such as pickleball courts, which is like miniature tennis, which is really fun. We all just actually played this morning um, and it was a great time. Uh, Tennis, as well as softball, baseball, basketball, volleyball, floorball, and some other adaptive or Paralympic style sports that we'll be offering. And this complex will have uh, a couple of focuses, but it's really to bring together all people. So we do focus on veterans. We have a focus on individuals with cognitive uh, disabilities. We have programs for those that have physical disabilities. And then we're focusing on a neurotypical person that may not have any outward physical disabilities so that everybody can play together and really experience what it's like to you know, have sports and recreational programming together. Um, so we're really excited about that. It's a three-acre area. And we're actually going to be partnering a little bit with the Special Olympics of Texas to be offering some of their unified programming as well. That's so cool. What is an example of... You said it was a neurotypical sports program. Did I get that right? Yeah. So well, would just, neurotypical sports program would be a, a your traditional basketball. Basketball played in a traditional oh, okay. manner. Yeah. So we have uh, we do work with folks that do 
uh, visual impairments or are deaf. And so we have, there's different types of sports that accommodate and are specialized to different types of disabilities as well. So it's pretty cool to see all sorts of stuff going on. For example, sit volleyball is a real neat one that I like watching, but it's volleyball that's done in a seated position for somebody that may not have uh, ambulation of their legs or may not have legs. And so that everybody can really play together. And it's actually really, really athletic and really impressive to watch. Cool. And so are these sports programs that anyone can sign up? Are they seasonal? How could someone get involved? Yeah. So since this is really new to us, we are currently evolving how this is going to look. But we're uh, looking forward to as soon as we're able to do so in a safe manner. Uh, we're hoping to be able to offer clinics and trainings as well as a bunch of different types of leagues. And that may look different, adults, children, and a lot of inclusion. So we want to put everybody together that we can all play together. So you would actually just visit us on our website to keep up to date with the programming that's being situated. Had there not be for COVID-19, we would have been much more active already in league sports. And uh, we've got some really great plans in place. But um, just like Jessica told you uh, earlier, we had to make that dis- difficult decision to not open Morgan's Wonderland and Inspiration Island to the general public this year. And the reason that we did that is we truly stand for inclusion. And until everybody can come play together safely, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna be open. We didn't think it was mm-hmm. right. You know, a lot of our folks with uh, disabilities are in a higher risk category for mm-hmm. COVID nineteen. So to say, hey, friends with disabilities don't come right now. It's not safe, but then everybody else can really just didn't sit right with us. And uh, we are about the mission and it. we are going to end up taking about a $1.4 million loss this year because of that. But you can definitely see where the heart lies and what we do. And we're working extremely hard to make our park ready to go so that when we can play safely together, our doors will open and it will be just like it always was. Yeah, that's so exciting. And kind of going back to Morgan's Wonderland and Inspiration Island, can you speak to some example rides? Yeah, um, I'll take this on, Brooke. So at Morgan's Wonderland, we have all of our rides are accessible, like I mentioned earlier. So there's four, four rides, what we call the dry side, right? And this is the park that's been here for 10 years. We built Inspiration Morgan's Inspiration Island in June 17th of 2017, whenever we that's when we opened our doors. That was our, our first day of operation there. So that one's only been open for three years, if you want to count this year. <laughs> and then um, Morgan's Wonderland's been, of course, a little bit longer. So it was really great whenever we opened Morgan's Wonderland. And we got a lot of attention whenever we opened in 2010. And whenever we opened Inspiration Island in 2017, people were like, wait, there's a theme park attached to this water park? Like, what is this? So it brought a lot of like interest into both parks. And we got a ton of interest whenever Inspiration Island opened. But into the rides, um, so four accessible rides where if you do use a chair, you can ride every single one of our rides that we offer. All of our ground is level grade really wide walkways um, to where you're not having to, you know, scoot over to the side or whatnot to let someone pass. Everything was thought with accessibility in mind first, whereas typically theme parks, accessibility comes second. Um, And then that's when you run into a lot of issues of walkways not being wide enough for, you know, oh, I can't get on this because there's a step and this is the only way down or, oh, I need to go and take an elevator. We don't have any of that here. This park wouldn't have been built the way that it was if we didn't put accessibility first. So that was our main goal in opening. Um, so at the carousel, there it, it it's uh, going 
goes around like your typical carousel. And then there's actually two wheelchair chariots. So if you do use a chair, you can um, get on into the chariot and it goes around. But not only, it, they're, I call them the dragons, right? Um, it's just a wheelchair <laughs> platform, but it actually goes up and down as you're going around. Mm-hmm. So you're not just stationary as you're on the carousel. And then at Offered Adventure, we created a platform where you can wheel on up and you get, it's a platform that like goes on a little lever. <laughs> um, my terminology is terrible with what I call it. I just point. It's more of like a moving it. sidearm. There you go. <laughs> it comes like this. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, so you, you pull on into the, the back of that and um, you can drive around our water tower and back to the front of the, the ride. The train also has two accessible spots on it as well. And then in 2015, um, we added our most recent ride, um, which was our Ferris wheeler. It's our Whirling Wonder, which also has an accessible gondola to that as well. So there are uh, areas to where um, if you're unable at the Ferris wheel, we actually purchased it whenever it was 11 years old from a, a park in Florida. And we brought it over here. Our what I always like to say is uh, here at Morgan's Rowling, we have the second largest Ferris wheel in San Antonio um, and that there's only three of them. So wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it's big, big numbers. <laughs> so, awesome. uh, so, but yeah, we have, uh, it's five and a half stories tall is where it sits and it kind of sits on top. Wow. Of it. So cool. yeah, you can, you can really get the sensation of, you know, riding the Ferris wheel and going around. So those are the four rides that we offer at Morgan's Rowling. And then on the dry side, Oh, the wet side, Morgan's Inspiration Island. That's where we have um, the riverboat ride. Um, we have five accessible splash pads. There's no submergible water whatsoever. So you don't have to worry about going under or anything like that. It's all splash pads. Um, if you do come in a wheelchair, um, you'll be greeted at our wheelchair ballet. If you use a manual chair, we can transfer you into a manual chair. We have seven different changing rooms, two that are equipped with Hoyer lifts. So if you need assistance transferring, um, you can have that available to you. So you'll go in, you'll get transferred. We have a wheelchair ballet specialist that goes in and sizes you and says, okay, we know exactly what chair you need. Um, we have three different types of chairs. One's a, you're probably familiar with them, a key mobility, a convade, which is more of like your shoulder type chairs. And then our third chair is the pneumatic chair, which is fully functioned off of scuba tanks. There are actually 11 in the world and we have 10 of them here. So Pretty That's awesome so cool. chairs. Um, <laughs> and the way those work, uh, those are for those individuals who use power chairs. And um, as you know, you can't take a power chair into water because nope. you would get stuck. <laughs> so yeah. um, this is a way that we can offer those individuals to get transferred from their power chairs into one of our pneumatic chairs and continue to maneuver and play along with their siblings or their family members throughout the splash pads and still get wet and enjoy their time with their family members that they haven't been you know, able to do. Whenever we first opened in 2017, the story always sticks with me. We had a a woman, actually, I think she was like in her late twenties or early thirties, always been in a wheelchair. And she was um, getting transferred into a power chair. And um, she, whenever she came out of, you know, playing and and having all the time, fun time at, at the splash pads, she came up to me and she was like, I've never been able to be in a splash pad with my family members. Aww. And she just started crying, you know, and she was like, this was the best experience I've ever had. She she stayed the entire day mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because she had so much fun. Um, she was like, I've never been able to do this because she's always been, you know, left out. So in order for us to provide that opportunity for her, it was a really great experience, which is why I said in the beginning, this what I do and what we all do is really rewarding. Because we get to hear those stories and not only her story, but that's 
one story out of the hundreds and thousands that we hear on an everyday basis of the lives that we were able to change and the memories that we were able to make with those families and then them take those memories back to their families um, and have those for, for a lifetime. So along with the pneumatic chairs and, and getting in and out, at, we have a riverboat ride as well, um, just kind of takes you on a lagoon path, I guess, lazy river in a way with different uh, animals, animatronic animals that kind of come out don't come at you, but you know, they move as you're going around on, on the lagoon path. And you can do that in your wheelchair. You don't have to transfer out of your chair to get into that ride, but um, you're really able to do anything and everything here at either park, regardless of your ability or disability. And that was one of the things that we really strive for um, to make us a hundred percent accessible where people can't tell us, Oh, I can't do that because of X, Y, Z. We always like to say, well, why not? Like prove us wrong. You know, like, <laughs> yes, you can do that, you know? So, um, and we can show you that you can do that. So um, that's everything been- we do is to make, is to remove all barriers that could potentially exist so that we are a place here at sports at our new camp facility that we can talk about soon, as well as the multi-assistance center so that families and individuals can come and not have to worry about the barriers that exist in a traditional setting. We've got adult changing tables here. We have lifts here. We have paid attention to the little things. And Danny can talk about that a lot. But we pay attention to very little things that end up making a really big difference to our guests. And we know we're going to make a huge difference to our campers, as well as the patients that go to the multi-assistance center and our athletes at the sports. Wow, you guys covered so much, and I just like have so many questions. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to take a step back with um, the you're talking about just the the different rides and how you're able to get into them. So um, it sounds like some of them I can just literally roll up in my wheelchair and get on them. How many of those require actual transfers? None. No, none, none of them. Okay. So, so that was the, like the idea park. Is like if you wanted to go into the water, you would transfer into a different chair. Okay, got it. And that's your that's your choice too. We do oh, ask. Sure. I mean, there are some people who use their own chairs, but the the most prideful piece of that chair, I would say, would be the seat, right? Like because mm-hmm. then you're stuck in that seat all day long. So yeah. we offer a chair with a drive seat, and you can transfer. And also, you don't have to worry about getting your chair ruined or you know water sure. and chlorine and all that good stuff. But Danny can speak a little bit more on um on the on the transferring. That there's none, and that's so great. Yeah, because <laughs> that, that actually it's a really big fall risk. It's an injury risk. Just so many things that come with transfers. If you don't have the right people to help you or the right tools to help transfer you properly. Great. Yeah, um, that was kind of the idea behind all of the rides. Whenever they were, the ideas were coming up, and what was going to be implemented into the park. Part of the the reason that we say ultra accessible. Um, is meaning that you are able to participate by the means that you have with you already. So we don't think that you should have to transfer out of your wheelchair in order to be able to ride because your chair is honestly an extension of yourself. Um, It's already what helps you be mobile. So if we're just handing you a board and saying, here, please slide across this so you can get into our chair, that's not really us adapting to you. That's just us adapting to us. So... Um, that was kind of one of the big things that we wanted to be different from other parks in is just being able to to say it's okay however you come. We're going to make it work and you're going to be able to enjoy everything here. 
And what if you did want to transfer? Are there volunteers or is the park staff trained to help assist with that? Would they, you know, use a hoist lift if needed? Yeah. So um, it is really your choice on any of the rides if you do want to transfer. A lot of times we actually see transferring happening um, with the smaller kiddos who um, are eventually going to need a full-time chair, um, Mm -hmm. but they're just not there yet. So we'll see it a lot um, of just like, hey, I just want to ride in the seat or yes, I do want to go, you know, in my chair. But it's, it's generally, we don't have lifts at the rides but we do have plenty of staff and caregivers um, nearby and lots of volunteers. But most of the time it's, um, I came with my family, my friends, my caregiver, and they're going to help me assist in that transfer so that we can get on and ride safely. Nice. Because that would be one thing, like for me being an adult, I usually am very independent and like going out and doing everything on my own generally. And like, I don't usually have people with me to like transfer me or like whatever. Like I usually just figure it out. And so... Being able to like independently come to Morgan's Wonderland, Inspiration Island, and not having to transfer, that's like a huge burden. <laughs> like I already am excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, we can't wait for you to come visit. You're, you're <laughs> gonna be blown away. And and some other things that Danny could expand on too is a lot if we have a wharf and a fishing area and we have uh, different levels of railing so that you can stay in your chair and fish alongside someone that may prefer to stand upright while they're fishing. And you'll see that around the park too. Thank you. That's awesome. And speaking, uh, Jessica, you were talking about just accessibility in general and having that be the first idea in mind, the first value. And I'm wondering, are you in collaboration with other theme parks that maybe like a Six Flags or a Whitewater or something like that? Have they come to you and asked on how to make their parks more inclusive or accessible? Or are you still kind of siloed? 100%. <laughs> that oh, is probably, cool. I, I cannot explain how much interest we get from people, not only from the States, but literally all over the world. We are cool. the only park that does what we do. Um, and we have worldwide recognition. Um, I believe it was in 2018, we actually were um, ranked as one of the top 100 places to visit in the world by Time wow. Magazine. So that was a huge honor for us. Um, yeah. But I, I will say that the interest that we get, it is an everyday thing. Our emails are, you know, constantly going, Hey, I want to build this park. Hey, I just read about you guys. Hey, how do I do this? (laughs) You know, and we're here like, Hey, yeah, we'll give you the advice because our thing is we want there to be other places like this are, we just can't fund it. Right. So, um, we always say if if you have the interest and you have the, the right people behind you and you can do it what we did, this was our model, feel free, you know, go, go at it. We'll give you all the right tools and and things um, that you need in order to make your park accessible. Even if it's, you know, oh, I added an accessible swing. That is one step further, right? Than they were before. And that's really what we're trying to do is get this movement and not just in the theme parks, but, you know, airports, hotels, um, you know, apartment complexes, you name it. And every place needs to be accessible. And we're just one voice for, the community to say like, look, these are the reasons it needs to be accessible. So, but yeah, I will say people from all over the world, emails, phone calls, what can we do? How do we do this? What did you do? <laughs> yada, yada, sure. yada. Um, That's really yeah, great. Really awesome. And how you guys have also become just this expert in the field because you're doing it right. <laughs> you're setting that example and it's nice to have people come to you. Oh, ask. I can't... We, uh, we've learned a lot over the last 10 years. I can say, you know, because we're a park that's 
really have never done this before. And we broke down those barriers and we're continuing to break down those barriers. We've learned and have grown so much in 10 years Mm -hmm. um, to where we really feel that we have a hand on things and we can offer expert advice and, and let lead people in the right direction to make the right choices and, and, and do what they need to do in order to become more accessible for, for their community. That's really awesome. I love that. Just expanding on making the world a more accessible place and talking with all these other just industry and other theme parks that are trying to start up as well. And thinking about the stories of that come to you of people that experience Morgan's Wonderland for the first time, or maybe it's their hundredth time coming. Talk to me about some of the stories that you guys have heard. Maybe some of the most memorable ones. Y'all want me to go first? <laughs> okay. So one story I tell all the time, because this it still like touches me. I still get uh, goosebumps every time I tell it, but I was, I do a lot of tours here, right? I do a lot of tours here. So anytime there's a tour, I'm typically the one who goes out and shows them around and just kind of lets them know where everything is and all that good stuff. Um, so there was one woman in particular, this was, this was, oh man, I was, it was a while back um, <laughs> that, that this happened, but I had a woman come and approach me after the end of the day, the end of our park operational day. And um, she said, are you the manager? Can I speak to you? And automatically don't ever start a question off with that. Like your, my heart rate starts like pounding because I automatically think like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. There's blood, yeah. there's, you know, broken arms. What happened? How can I help you? Um, and she said, um, well, I just want to let you know that my son is 18 years old and he's never been on a swing and he was able to be on a swing here. And she was like, this is his first time. So hearing that, and she, of course, started crying. I started crying because we have um, wheelchair accessible swings to where if you are use a chair, you can wheel on up to our swing and you can swing just like everybody else. You don't have to transfer. You're in your own element. And it's just, it's swinging, right? So it's a little things that we take for granted on an everyday basis that her son and others like her son haven't been able to experience. So, and not only his story, I had, uh, you know, a woman who had CP, she was 43 years old and she was on the swing for the first time. And she was on there for three hours, <laughs> just swinging and wow. laughing the entire time because she had so much fun. And, it, you know, just seeing and witnessing those types of stories and those little things that we take for granted, it really kind of like puts you into a place where you're like, wow, this is, this is a fantastic place to to play and have fun and, and to see everyone else have fun. And I'm glad I get to experience it every day. Oh, so that's, that's my story. So great. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> I will just say there's nothing worse than feeling excluded from something, especially because, you know, obviously I have a disability and I'm excluded from the world and so many things all the time. And there's nothing worse than just feeling like you can't participate or someone tells you no. And it's not no because of just, you know, no, it's all in their head, but it's no, we built it to be inaccessible or we built it to put barriers in place. And, oh, well, we didn't really think about that. Or, oh, we didn't really, you know, think about that other special exception, right? And of course, that's what I love seeing these kinds of places that are ultra accessible, as you guys coin. I love that. Accessibility first should be everywhere because you can become disabled at any point in your life, you know, whether it's temporary, permanent, old age, whatever it is. So we all, our bodies are not meant to be superhuman forever. (laughs) So what is the age range that comes to your parks? 
typical age range that we have here is about three to 10 for a typical age. We always see them kind of uh, falling off. We call them the tweener age, um, you know, like uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. But of special of individuals with different abilities or special needs, we see them from any age. Senior citizens. Uh, we, there was actually one day we had a woman, she was um, turning 100 years old. And she wanted oh, cool. to ride our carousel. Heck so yeah. we found we found an individual. They found a little baby who was one years old. And we took a picture with the woman who was 100 years old no um, riding the carousel. So it was pretty cool to see the difference of, of them and their age difference and still being able to have fun regardless of their age or ability or disability. So, but yeah, a typical age is about three to 10, um, give or take. And then special needs or different abilities can range from all over. Um, sure. Really, it just comes from all over. That's awesome. And Danny, I kind of want to flip into the operations side of it. You know, being operations, you're always looking at how to make things more efficient, more accessible, more everything, right? So what are some of the things that you have helped improve at Morgan's Wonderland since you started? Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And what have you learned? (laughs) I've learned so much. So Jess and Brooke had kind of had a chance to answer this. how they got started working here at the park. And mine was kind of different because I have a background in theme parks. Um, That's what I went to school for. And I wanted to do amusement park management. So when I moved to San Antonio, I really didn't know anything about the park, but I was looking for... like I want to work in a park. And I was like, I don't really want to work at Six Flags. Like SeaWorld is like on the way other side of town. And I found Morgan's Wonderland and I've fallen in love with the mission as well as like the operation being able to be a part of everything. I would say the the biggest changes that we've seen is just the kind of just improving the processes that we have. I've just we really try to to just scrutinize every single rule and everything that we put in process with all of our employees of yes, we do focus a lot on our guests, but what's cool about our team is that a lot of our team, a large majority of it, usually anywhere from a third to a half, depending on what part of the season that we're in does have a different ability or does, you know, they're on a different, a different spectrum or a different level, like whatever it is, but we're always just trying to streamline every job that we have here in the park, just so that we can offer the best experience possible to any of our guests that walk through the doors. But it's also not a job that excludes any of our employees. So if we need to clean something or if we need to, to work out something to make a process for a line to move faster. We always try to make it as simple and as easy as we can so that everyone can be a part of it. Oh, that's important. And if I can, if I can just add to Danny Mm -hmm. too. um, So of our team that she oversees, one third of our team members have a different ability or a special need. So, um, I mean, our typical season right now, we would be operating at probably a hundred, 105 employees to cover staffing within both parks. And so about 30 to 40 of those employees do have a different ability or special needs. So it's really great to see the interaction of those who maybe have never experienced um, interacting with someone with a different ability, to see them learn, you know, just communicating and things that just be yourself, really. (laughs) You don't have to act any differently um, around individuals. Uh, So yeah, that's something that that she oversees and along with our volunteers, which is also what she oversees. And we have a big portion of our volunteer program that do come with different abilities and are able to do jobs and tasks that they've been told no at other places. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty big piece as well. And so I'm sure you guys have training or, you know, empathy training and other trainings on 
how to interact with different disabilities or different, you know, is it sensory? Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it cognitive? Whatever the case may be. Do you train your volunteers as well as staff on that on a regular basis? We do. Um, So we have, of course, you know, just if you're going to go get a job at McDonald's or anywhere else, like you have your orientation and then like you're on the job training. But a piece of that that ties into both volunteers and to our employees, we have a class called Introduction to Inclusion. And this is actually an outreach piece that we have made. Um, So we also teach it out in the community as well. We've kind of just taken bits and pieces from um, the Down Syndrome Association or um, Lighthouse for the Blind or Mm -hmm. any of the other organizations that we have around town, our community partners um, of just, you know, like how how do you want the world to interact with you or, you know, how can we meet you in the middle kind of thing? And it's just a really good overview of, you know, if you're having a longer conversation with an individual in a chair, you know, like how do you do that? Or, you know, like let's not speak slowly just because you you think that they can't understand, but they really can. So yeah. it's all of those just kind of general rules. Um, you know, like how do you interact with a service animal and, you know, let's not just run after the dog or anything that it may be. Um, so we, we do have that. We put all of our volunteers through that orientation along with all of our staff. And so they, they all get a good overview of who we are and what we do in the park uh, along with, you know, how to interact with everybody that they may come across in the park too. That's so important because whenever you have volunteers interacting with other individuals who, you know, have disabilities or are differently abled, and they you just don't know how to interact with them, especially I could see it with the nonverbal community. And this is something that I learned recently is most people who are nonverbal, they understand you. They just don't have the means to communicate. And so oftentimes kind of like how people speak to those who have an interpreter, they speak to the interpreter and not to the actual individual. So but it's so important to just train, build empathy, all that. So I really like the the community outreach piece on that and making that a public training. I feel like all companies should go through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really helpful. And just from teaching it and volunteer orientation and then with our staff, I mean, our staff is a little different because they, they know our mission and what they're walking into. Our volunteers are not always that way. Um, you know, they've they've come across our website or they've heard from a friend of, you know, you can volunteer here or we have a park, um, but they don't always know, you know, exactly what they're getting into. So when we do that orientation, we have the intro to inclusion piece of it. It really kind of opens up the room and they'll ask, you know, it's a safe place to ask questions of like, oh, yeah. and you kind of hear it from the crowd and everyone that is in there is just like, oh, I didn't know, like, we don't use that word or you know, like, oh, I I didn't know that I should do this instead of this. And it's just kind of like, now I can take this. I feel confident in being able to go out and not only serve here in the park, but being able to, you know, whether I'm out with my family and something, totally. you know, we come across another individual or, you know, how am I going to teach my children? It just kind of opens everything up so they can continue to teach others. You're building this little army that's going to be able to take over the world that knows how to interact properly with people with disabilities. I love it. That's the goal. <laughs> we we want that to be the case. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love hearing this. And um, I kind of... The last segment, I wanted to touch on the MAC. So the Multi-Assistance Center Complex. Multi-Assistance Complex? Center. Center, center. Okay. And um, this is so cutting edge and I would love to see something like this. So 
tell me and tell our listeners what it is and what we can look forward to that's coming. Yeah. So the multi-assistant center or the MAC as we call it, the MAC at Morgan's Wonderland is a a revolutionary, uh, unique center that we're creating, which is going to be sort of a one-stop shop model that provides access to medical and non-medical services all in one location. So it's a comprehensive care model that we're creating. There's a platform that we're going to be using similar to a traditional uh, EMR, uh, electronic medical record, so that people can go see a primary care physician. But then that information from that visit is communicated over to the eye doctor that's on the second floor and that's communicated to the dentist that's down the hall. One of the things that we know with folks that uh, do have disabilities is that they're asked to tell their story and their history many, many times. Over and over and over again. And so we truly believe that if we can create a team of people that can help care for the whole person, the whole body, the whole mind, and we keep that information electronic, and then we can uh, use the data to process referrals and predict and and all sorts of really awesome stuff that now that we're in the 2020s, I think we're going to see some cool things. And um, we truly think that we can optimize and uh, and truly make efficient the care for uh, folks that have disabilities or other special needs. That's we so are cool. we are uh, planning to build this across the street from Morgan's Wonderland. So when you come down here, you'll see that we hope to break ground on this 165,000 three-story square foot, 164,000 excuse me, 165,000 square foot building that will be three wow. stories tall. You'll be able to see it from our welcome center here, um, but it's just right across the street. Um, and we're going to bre- be breaking ground in the first quarter of 2021. Um, and that's just in line with the camp that we briefly discussed as well. As soon as camp is completed, then they're going to kind of run over here and start building this giant three-story building. And you know, we have the plans and renderings and it's just every day becoming more and more real. The other neat thing is, is that we're basically creating of the facility and the care model. And we're working with other nonprofits and businesses and clinicians that know how to do it well. So we, uh, in, in everything that we do, truly believe that partnership and collaboration is the way to make the biggest difference. So we're working with a local healthcare provider that's going to be the primary care physician clinic here. We're working with nonprofits that provide different things from mobility to mm-hmm. ABA therapy, et cetera. Who will come in and then they will sort of live in our building and function through our model to be able to care for these individuals effectively. We estimate that uh, we will be able to serve about 11,000 people, which is a tremendous amount of, mm-hmm. of people. However, it is barely scratching the surface. And so we hope to, with this model that we're creating, create something that can be replicated across the nation so that we can, again, be stronger together and collaborate and make a true difference. And so uh, I'm beyond excited about um, yeah. this ability. Oh, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Because right now, the current challenges that I face, I don't have a car and I live alone. So having to go across town, you know, you have the dentist appointment at 9am on Tuesday, and then you have your primary care doctor two weeks later on a Friday you know, at three o'clock. And so as an adult, I'm having to take so much time off and just like one hour, two hour, three hour segments just to get things done. And I'm going all over town. And it's like, why can't it all just be in one location and and the same day? 
talk to each other. And, and also all of us as human beings have very complex systems, right? By nature. And so Mm -hmm. if the dentist can know what's going on with this position or going Mm -hmm. on over here, it makes things so much easier. And, and what's neat that I failed to mention is that by us creating the Mac, we're really through everything that we do through the Morgan's Wonderland entities serving the whole person. So we're actually going to have a, a housing uh, section over at the Mac. So if, if you are, uh, your family is in need of housing assistance or needing assistance for federal benefits or insurance or attorneys, we will have that all in house at one facility. So you'll know it's a trusted cool. group of individuals. And in addition to the MAC over at the camp, we're actually partnering with the San Antonio Food Bank and they're actually building a 4,000, well, it's already been built, uh, but a 4,000 square foot distribution center and kitchen. And Morgan's Wonderland Camp will be the only distribution center for the Food Bank of San Antonio, which is has a huge area as we're the seventh largest uh, city in the nation mm-hmm. on the north side of town. And that's revolutionary uh, because over on the north side of town, people had to rely on small uh, food pantries like at churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to be a massive, massive undertaking that's really going to help a lot of our rural families. So we're just excited to be able to think of, again, the whole person, the whole need, the whole mind, and how do we best accommodate for every need, break down every barrier and make somebody feel like they're welcome and a part of it. And so through all of the things that we're doing, we truly feel like that's what what we're doing. And we hope to create this, as Jessica said, we've created this movement and this culture that we wish to spread across the country and the world. And so being able to talk to awesome people like you, Cardin, is what makes us happy because now we know that we're spreading it just a little bit further. Yeah, totally. And so this, you said it's a food distribution center. Is it just like a traditional food bank or will you be cooking meals for me? (laughs) <laughs> great, great question. Because yeah. so, cooking is challenging for me. It's I, I have I, I don't have a lot of use of my arm, my upper body, uh, and already because I have muscular dystrophy, so I have a progressive loss of muscle, and so over time, it's just gotten more and more challenging to do those everyday tasks. I absolutely understand that. So at the food bank uh, uh, area, it's actually built into our camp center, and so in addition to the the food storage and the distribution. They're also going to be the ones that are cooking hot meals for all 525 campers Ooh. at the camp. Plus, there's going to be they're going to be able to do hot meals every day for Meals on Wheels, which is a huge nonprofit here in our area. You know, it's all over the country, but Meals on Wheels is very big in San Antonio because of how spread out we all are. And so they'll be able to actually have hot food that we can distribute to families in need, in addition to the dry goods or or produce or perishables. So really, it's a they're doing a lot of things and it's just mind-blowing to even have the honor to be a part of it in a very small way. Yeah. And that's so cool. And just thinking about COVID and how it's placed a very significant burden, not only on just the world, but especially the disability community, because a lot of them now they're part of that vulnerable population. They can't easily just go out to the grocery store. Maybe they can't have their personal care assistants come to their house because their risk of getting sick. And so you know, how are they getting food and proper nutrition? And I think this is going to help close that gap. Is that the goal? Absolutely. And that's we're fully committed to mm-hmm. finding the gaps and identifying nonprofits and people in the community that already do things well and then helping them do it better. And we absolutely identify those, those life needs such as food and water. And we focus on that as well. But 
during this COVID time that Morgan's Wonderland has not been able to be open to the public, we are constantly working towards ways to be relevant and to support the emotional and mental well-being of everyone in the community. So we're even doing, we have a new a new segment that we're working with our local news station called Inclusion Tuesdays. And on mm-hmm. Tuesdays, we're able to feature a new outreach about what we do and why it's important to be inclusive and accessible. We're going to be doing some uh, parades for different people in town to, to mm-hmm. bring them joy to their house. So, you know, while our, I, while I say our Ferris wheel is not spinning right now, I guarantee you our minds and our hearts are, and, and we're committed to uh, continuing to support our friends now, you know, more than ever. I love that. And just, just because one door closes doesn't mean you're just going to sit there stagnant. It sounds like you guys are really moving and shaking to make the world more accessible, inclusive, just thinking about all those gaps that you know, I, I know I can personally speak to and just the inequities that we face on a daily basis. So I just really want to say thank you. Even though I'm not personally using your services, I know there's countless of other people that are. And I look forward to coming and meeting you all and hanging out at Morgan's Waterland. Thank you. You are always welcome here. And you're here or not by you um, even talking about inclusion and making accessibility something on the forefront of mind, then you're part of the same culture that we're a part of and we're proud to call you family. Yeah. And give us your plugs. Where can we find you? Your social media channels, all that. Yeah, sure. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can follow at Morgan's Wonderland or visit us at www.morganswonderland.com. We have got some really awesome things that are getting ready to roll out here in the next month. So please get on our news list, follow us on social media. And just a reminder that Morgan's Wonderland is 100% nonprofit and is supported by people in the community like you and your listeners. And we rely on you guys to help us be able to spread our messages across the world and ask that you uh, take time today to share this with someone else so that we can continue and further our mission. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, Brooke, and Danny. I really appreciate your time and all that you guys are doing in the world to make it more accessible. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you, friends, for listening. Please rate and follow this podcast or text CARDEN at 470-588-1215 with comments and suggestions. Tune in next week for another disability topic. 